read. And we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11 first. I'll give you some time to dial that up. But we've been talking about uh, I choose. This morning we're talking about a, a difficult subject, so I just ask you to buckle in a little bit and uh, uh, pull your feelers back a little bit. I know uh, we live in a time in a, in a world, in a culture where our feelings seem to be on display and, and we're feeling people, emotional people, but um, uh, I've got a, a good word, but uh, just a, a straight word for you this morning. I, like I, I've told you many times, I, I'm not an entertainer. I'm going to tell you what God's Word says, and we're going to talk about choosing faith over feelings. And, and that may be news for some of you this morning. What do you mean I can choose? <laughs> you can choose. And we talked on week one that God's Word is not a menu. Oh, I'll have a little bit of that. No, I don't like that. You either take the whole of it and realize it's God's Word, it's true, it's about you, it's for you, or you're going to struggle even with the things you don't like. There are passages in the Bible that I struggle with, and yet it's still His Word, and it still means that I'm the one that's got to change. His Word is unchanging, and when I come up against His Word that I want to change, I'm the one that has to change. Okay? So the silliness is, if I keep going to McDonald's thinking I'm going to get a Whopper, I need to switch restaurants, right? Because if not, it gets very frustrating for me and it gets very frustrating for them. Every morning when I go in and I say, I'd like a Whopper, please, they say, we don't serve those here. And I keep saying, well, why not? And I think many of us, we try to practice that with God's Word, is I want to be able to do this, and God's Word says no, and we say, well, why not? Because that's not the way it works. That's not how we do things around here. And you can do those things. You've got the freedom of your free will, and you can do what you want. But also remember, you get to choose, but you don't get to choose the consequences that come from your choice. So God's Word is there to help you choose well. And, and at the very beginning, and back in the book of, of Genesis in 28, he says, I hope that you choose life. Think about this for a minute. I've, I've set life and death before you, and I hope that you choose life. And here's how to have a blessed life. And John chapter 10 even tells us that again. I want you to have an abundant, great life, an overflowing life. But you still have to choose it. It doesn't just happen. And when you choose it, it's not from your choosing. It's going back to God's Word. It's learning to be disciplined. We talked about that last week. And that, that's hard because that means self-control. But you've got to realize you've got a choice. You've been empowered from Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Spirit to make right choices. In fact, it's an expectation. The Bible clearly tells us that we should be people that know how to discern between good and evil. What is a good choice? What is a bad choice? We should know, and there's a way to know. It's called the Bible. And we filter our decisions, and we filter our actions, and we filter our feelings through what God's Word says. Now, now hear me up front. This isn't about not feeling anything. That's not what God expects from us. He gave us emotions for a reason. But we have to understand the place of those emotions. We have to understand the proper strategy of those emotions. Okay, so I've done a little tweaking on Hebrews chapter 11 here, and if you've never read this before, you may miss it, but you're going to see something that this is how the modern-day version would be if we were to go by a cultural 
Christianity today. So Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. Feelings are the confidence that we hope for that will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their feelings, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By feelings, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that we can now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by feelings that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to to God than Cain did. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of feelings. Verse 5, it was by feelings that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. Now, does that sound like what you remember? Now, think about that. Think about all those things that we just said. And if you're one of these people, here's an opportunity for you to change this morning. Your whole world should not be ruled by feelings because your feelings change. Your feelings go up and down. They're like the weather in Longview. Just wait long enough and it will change, okay? What you thought was a perfect, awesome day, one phone call can ruin it. What you thought was going to be a horrible week, one prayer can change it. You don't know what's going to happen, and unless you're able to control your feelings, and here's a light bulb for some of you, you can control your feelings. You've been given the power to control your feelings. You don't have to act on everything you feel. And many of you have learned this. If you've had children, you know, I should just slap them until I feel better. And you chose not to. You had the ability. You had the strength. Why didn't you do it? You made a decision, right? And I've been there. It, it, was, it wasn't even about discipline. It was just about me feeling better, getting all that frustration and anger out, and they would just be a very willing recipient. But for some of us, whatever reason, I don't know what's happened, there's been a, a, a turning of the switch that all of a sudden everything's about how we feel. Everything's about emotion. Everything's about following your heart. Everything's about feelings and, and all that touchy stuff, and people are very... And listen... Feelings are good, but when the world turns the dial to feelings, everybody's sensitive. Everybody's sensitive. Oh, I can't believe you said that to me. I just said good morning. (laughs) Yeah, but what do you mean by that? Right? It's about your tone. It's about your intent. It's about this. It's about that. Instead of saying the facts are... (laughs) No, you didn't say that. Well, you meant it. You can't tell me what I meant. (laughs) What I really meant was you're an idiot, but I did say good morning. (laughs) But you don't know that because that was happening in here. So let's remember to put feelings where they belong. Feelings have a place in our world. But first we have to deal with facts and then faith, and then feelings. Feelings are horrible in first place. Feelings make horrible rulers, horrible masters. They make wonderful servants. They serve us well to liven us up and to keep us passionate about things so that we're not cold, unfeeling robots or monsters. 
So I'm not here today to say put aside all your feelings. What I am saying is get your feelings in the proper perspective of where they belong according to God's Word. Please feel. Please have emotions. Please have warm hearts towards each other and towards God. But also remember that feelings are not fact. And, and how we do this is, like I said, you can get a report from a doctor, and it's a fact. You've got fill in the blank. But now faith kicks in. Yes, I've just been told I have cancer, but I have a healing God. I've got a God that can heal me of this. But if feelings is the first on the list, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to die. I'm gonna, and now there's no faith. Faith has been pushed down the line where it should be, yep, there's a fact. But follow hard on the heels of fact is faith. My marriage may be struggling now, but God, faith kicks in. My kids may not be where I want them to be right now, but God, and faith kicks in. But if it's about feelings, we begin to nag, we begin to manipulate, we begin to push against things we're not supposed to push against, and then we start pushing against other people's feelings. Now the question is this, if two people have different feelings, which one's right? The woman, come on, you know this, you know this. See, all the guys didn't even want to answer. They're like, not saying a word. Good wisdom, gentlemen. If you let feelings run you, you will run your whole life. And you'll run up, and you'll run down, and you'll run up, and you'll run down, and you will have a roller coaster life. This is a mistake even that the church made. There was a, a whole pendulum swing towards emotionalism and, and feeling it. And there's a, there's a great feeling when, when God moves on you, when the Holy Spirit moves on you. But it's not what we should seek. We shouldn't seek the feeling. We should seek the Creator. And if you get those feelings, awesome. But when we begin to seek the emotionalism, it goes out of control and people get hurt. And people have various opinions. And now we've got conflict over how we feel, and well, you're feeling wrong. How can I feel wrong? We've got to put feelings in their proper place. We have to put feelings back to the place where we understand. And even out in the world, like I said, there's this whole cultural thing about listen to your heart. And can I tell you, the Bible speaks to that. Jeremiah chapter 17, it's not going to be on the screen. 17.9 says this, your heart is the most deceptive above all things. It cannot be trusted. Now think about that for just a minute. And yet everybody in the world says, just listen to your heart. Yes, please, just listen to the most deceptive thing that's ever existed, the thing that changes with every other heartbeat, the thing that can deceive you, the thing that can build you up and break you down, the thing that can be broken, the thing that is completely corrupt unless it's under the power of God. And the Bible never tells us to be led by our feelings. It says we should be led by the Spirit. Whole different matter altogether. Allow those feelings to be controlled and led by the Spirit. I can be angry and not act on it. Okay? It doesn't mean I don't feel it, but what we do with it is what's important. 
we talked about last week. That's discipline. Let's talk about these emotions for just a little bit, and we'll, we'll move along. So emotions are, are wonderful things. So in the rightful place, they bring color, they bring fulfillment to our lives, and as our servants, they do a lot of good, but when they become our master and they start dictating our actions, then we're headed for disaster. And I must choose to ignore how I feel and cultivate faith instead. I must believe the Word of God, act upon it no matter how I feel. Now, that sounds very foreign, and it may sound like, well, that's stupid. But remember, your emotions can become a terrorist with your life. They can ruin your life and the lives of the people around you when you can't control your emotions and your emotions control you, especially when your heart can be deceived. Here's the big question. Why would I deny what comes most naturally to me? Because you choose to believe God instead. Remember, there's a choice. And maybe you were raised in a, in a different environment and there was a lot of emotion or no emotion. You weren't allowed to show emotion. So why should you deny what comes naturally? Because God has called us to something more than being natural people. He's called us to be spiritual people. He's called us to be godly people. He's called us to be people of His Word. He hasn't called us to be people ruled by emotions or the culture around us. And if we're not careful ever so slowly, feelings begin to reign and rule in the worlds that we live in. Well, I just don't feel. Well, you don't know how I feel. And yes, those things are true. I don't know how you feel, but I know what proper conduct is. Right? Anybody that's raised small children, you know this. When they throw a fit in a public place, you've got a couple choices, right? You kneel down to your three-year-old and you say, well, tell me how you feel. It's okay. I know she's kicking you and biting you, but that's how she feels. Or do you say, unacceptable. <laughs> that's not what we do. And that may be how you feel, but that's also out of line. Now, I'm not talking about crying because they're hungry or injured. I'm talking about throwing a fit. And unfortunately, when we don't correct it at that age, now they're 33 and they're on Facebook throwing a fit. And everybody wishes someone had disciplined them and taught them that they can choose faith over their feelings. Even good Christians, that their emotions get carried away and, and the, the thing seems overwhelming and everything's so pressurized and somebody said something and somebody should have said something and somebody didn't say something and, and it's how we feel and it's a minefield <laughs> that we have to try to navigate. And there's people in our lives, you know these people too, that you have to walk on eggshell around because they're sensitive. And I have to be careful what I say, and I have to be careful what I mean, and I have to, oh, what? Yeah, uh. And that's not the basis for good relationships. But it has nothing to do with emotions. It has to do with how we control these things. And there's some people that they're out of control with their emotions. So here's a couple of questions. Question for us is, 
Will I do what God's asked me to do and trust Him to do the part that only He can do? He's the one that can control us, right? But will we offer up our emotions to Him? My sadness, my dreams, my hope, my happiness, all of those things. Can I trust God with that? That's a big question. Because it may be contrary to how you feel. That's a faith issue. We have to choose to obey God even when we don't feel like obeying. Right? Now, in the natural world, we get this, okay? You don't get to cruise down I-5 doing 85 miles an hour, and when you see the red and blues that pull you over, and he says, you know, do you realize how fast you're going? You don't get to say, well, I felt like speeding. And he doesn't say, well, okay then, have a good day. Or that person in the store that irritates you and they have to call security because you've got them on the floor pounding them in the face. What are you doing? He made me angry. There's consequences, isn't there? (laughs) And the same in the spiritual. We don't get to just throw it out because now I'm saved, now I'm a Christian, now... We should be people that know how to have self-control in every area of our life, and emotions is a huge one. And like I said, it's not about not having emotions. That's the wrong spectrum at the other end. Some of us have met these people. They seem cold, hard, unfeeling, detached, not fun to be around. They're not the life of the party, and they just want to be by themselves, and people are the biggest problem. Well, I read you a scripture this morning that people is not the biggest problem. It's a spiritual issue. Unless we want to be like roller coaster Christians up and down for the rest of our lives, we have to learn to obey even when the emotions aren't there. It's easy to obey God when it feels good. It's not so easy when we like what we're doing and He says, No. And we're at an interesting time with my little granddaughter. She's learned the no word. And she says it repeatedly. So if there's something she doesn't like, she says, no, 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 no. She doesn't want to get in the car seat. No, 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 no. And she's flamboyant. She's got her hands going. She's, pray for her folks. (laughs) Because she's very intelligent and very wonderful. But what happens when our children aren't controlled and they're not told, we don't do it like that. (laughs) You don't get to tell me no. That makes some, hmm. Now you, again, take that out to now they're 20. They've learned no respect for authority. And everything's about their feelings. This is a dangerous place. And God says, hey, it shouldn't be a dangerous place. Your emotions are there as responses to the world around you, but they shouldn't control you. Allow me to control your life. Not every moment of every day, but to guide you and to lead you and to mold you into what I need you to be. 2 Corinthians tells us this very thing. We walk by faith, not by sight. We don't walk by our feelings. 
or you won't be a Christian very long. Somebody's going to say something. Somebody's going to do something. Somebody's going to insinuate something, and you're going to be upset. And if that's what it takes, then the devil will make sure that you meet up with those kind of people, and you will never find your place in a body of believers. And that's something that I've even heard, quote, mature Christians say, well, uh, that's a pretty unfriendly church. Well, nobody shook me. Did you shake anybody's hand? Nope, they should have come to me. So out of 300 people, everybody should have come to you. You have no responsibility to say, hi, or how are you today, or... And again, we take it back to the natural world. How many people go to sporting events and nobody turned around like they did this morning and said, hey, how are you doing? It's good to see you there. No, you got people bumping you, spilling beer on you, yelling, and you keep going back and you even pay for it. Well, I didn't like how that umpire called that. Do you think he cares what you think or how you feel? And yet it's great to have passionate fans. But have you ever seen the passionate fans when the team's losing? It can be just as powerful the opposite way. <laughs> there can be riots and fights and brutal comments, and yet we keep going back because it's a ball game. But at church, somebody didn't say hi to me, so I'm going someplace else. I'm done with church. That's a poor choice. Walk by faith, not by feelings. Because if not, your path is going to be all over the place. Walk by faith. Look at this little tidbit here for you. Did you know the word faith is used almost 250 times just in the New Testament alone? And the word feelings is used twice, and it's not in the context of give in to your feelings and do what your feeling says. Which one weighs out more, faith or feelings? Just according to that statistic right there. So there's a fact for you right there. He expects us to operate more in faith than we do in feelings. Let's talk about the Apostle Paul for just a minute. Here's a man that was raised to be a Pharisee, a, a, a ruler, a knower of the law, a guy that was very religious. God saves him out of all that, puts him into a different uh, a plan for his life. And here's a man that knew what it was like to have his whole old life taken from him. Here's a man that got blinded for three days by God. Here's a man that knew what it was to be hungry and naked, and shipwrecked, and abandoned, and betrayed, and beaten, and stoned, and snake bit, and never once did he say, what about my feelings? He never once questioned his place with God. He never once said, I must be out of God's will because. And yet today, if we're not careful, we think that some of these bad things that happen or these negative emotions automatically kick us out and now we can do what we want or now we, we're just null and void. And that's not the case at all. God gives us the opportunity to A, be forgiven, and then B, go at it again. And if you're struggling in an area of your life and you're thinking about it right now, maybe it's because God's saying, until you pass that test, I'm going to keep giving it to you. If you don't know how to control your emotions, I'm going to send people like Pastor Tony into your world. 
and you're going to keep hearing about this, and you're going to keep confronting this until you learn the discipline it takes to control your emotions. And guys are the worst at times. And guys, I'm going to pick on you for just a second because you have just as many emotions as girls, but we tend to deny it. And then when they do come out, it's like a volcano erupting at times. And I remember sitting in a counseling session with a man at another church. He was having problems in his marriage, and his wife says, you know, he's just so, so angry all the time, and I could just see this guy tensing up. And so I'm, I'll tell you I'm sorry in advance because I don't really care what's coming out of your mouth. I look at your body language. <laughs> and so if I come up to you and I say, hey, how are things going? And you say, oh, fine. And then I'm going to say something like, Really? Now you get the chance to lie to me in that moment or say, you know, keep your nose out of my business, whatever you say, or get opportunity that somebody has picked up on the fact that something's maybe not all right with you and maybe we can pray about it. But I can see this guy getting all tensed up and his wife keeps bringing this up if he just wasn't so angry at some time. And so the man raises his hand, which I thought was funny like we're in class, May I say something? And the wife, again, she's irritated. She rolls her eyes and says, oh, here we go. And he says, I keep hearing about, you know, all about me and all this stuff and how angry I am, and and I just want to let you know I'm not angry. I can see that. And if that's you not being angry, I'd hate to see What happens if you're angry? But he couldn't see it or wouldn't admit it. He wanted to be a man in control. And when we can't control things, it scares us. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, too, that the more you try to control, the more fear kicks in. The more fear kicks in, the more you want to control. But if you allow God to take care of your emotions. I'm a person that grew up very angry. And then I drank, and it only made the problem worse. (laughs) And I had a choice. And it wasn't through discipline. It was through making a decision to say, God, here's me, all that I am and all that I'm not. And now if you've been around me, you, you know that I'm passionate, but that anger, that wanting to fight, that wanting to have to have my way, the, the duking it out, That's been gone by God. And it doesn't mean that it hasn't crept back in. There are circumstances that get get me hot, but I have to remember if I start down that path again, because I can walk that path again. We can all go back to where we started before we turn it over to God, and we can start walking that path again. But that's a scary place to be. And then i got to ask for forgiveness all over again. And then I've got to be accountable for all of my anger. And it's only in our anger, in those times where, where emotions consume us, we say things we didn't really mean and we do things we didn't really mean to do. But now there's consequences. And then we don't like the consequences. And now I'm angry about the consequences. But look at the lowest common denominator. The lowest common denominator was you. You didn't control your emotion, and then you got those consequences, and then you didn't like it, and now you're angry about those consequences, which brings another consequence, which 
and houses and churches and businesses and relationships can all come down just because someone refused to allow the Holy Spirit to guard and guide their emotions. How about you this morning? Maybe you're already saying, this guy's a jerk. He's unfeeling. He's unkind. And you may be right. But I also know, as a person that has to stand in front of two to three hundred people every week, people can be unkind. People have said unkind things to me. People have done unkind things to me. People have written unkind things to me. And I've got a choice. I get to march up to them on Sunday morning when they walk into the foyer and begin to... or realize, hey, they're just stupid. I mean, they're just, they're just human. But you know what guides me, that gets me out of most of the trouble? And I hope this helps you. If I was on the other side, how would I want to be treated? And I've seen many religious men that say they have good hearts guided by God be the most vindictive, brutal people because fear kicks in instead of them thinking, how would I want to be treated if I got caught doing? They don't think that. They just begin to sharpen their knives and to wear you down with their mouths. Whereas the Bible says, if someone's caught in sin, we restore them gently with the hope that they come back into the body and they restore their relationship with God and other people. It's easy to kick people out. It's easy to stomp them when they're down. It's not so easy to kneel down with them and help them back up. But that's what He's called us to do. So we're going to walk through a great verse that, again, God's Word is so rich and so good. We're going to go to Psalms chapter 25. And if you're struggling in this area, and again, every emotion doesn't mean it's bad. I'm not saying there's no really bad emotions. How you feel is how you feel. But the context of what you do with that is what has to be filtered through God's Word. And so maybe you've been in the situation where you've worked on a project or you've worked on something really hard, and then when the time came, it wasn't even so much that they didn't like it. It was like a full rejection <laughs> of what you did or what you shared, and you felt embarrassed and frustrated and distressed and angry. And what do I do? And this morning, I hope that Psalm 25 will help us with this. And so, I'm going to read through it with you first, and then we're going to step through a couple steps of how to apply this, because I just want to shoot straight with you right here. My job as a pastor is not to educate you. That's, that's what you do on your own time. Google is a lot smarter than I am. you got a question about the Bible, you can find it. <laughs> My job is to coach you and say, this book is for a reason, it's for life application. And if we're really smart but we never apply it, I have failed and you failed. Because the book is not there just to enrich our knowledge base. The book is there to change who we are from the inside out so that our hearts are transformed, not behavior modification. If we change our hearts, which are deceitful and destructful, if we change our hearts and give them to God, then our lives change. And we can change the lives of the people around us. 
But rules don't do that. Regulations don't do that. Think about that. There's speed limit laws, and yet people still speed. You know why? They hedge their bets. I might not get caught. If everybody that sped got a ticket, we'd stop. But the fact is we can get away with it for quite a bit of the time. So here we go. Let's read just five verses right here. This is a psalm of David. He says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And that's that mind, will, emotions that we, that we deal with. And, and again, it's not the Spirit. It's, it's something different than that. Oh, my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed to deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. You can choose faith over feelings. You've been empowered this morning. And if that is new news to you, take it and run with it. I can choose. I can choose. Because there was a time in my life where I didn't know I could choose. I thought I had to respond. And many of you have heard this story, but I want you to see the contrast. My wife and I, my, my lovely Melissa, we grew up in very different households. Her household not a lot of yelling, not a lot of emotion, not a lot of talking about feelings. My family, just take that to the opposite and add about 23 zeros to the end of that. A lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, a lot of physical contact, both good and bad, very passionate. Uh, in, in all those ways, and the way you know that you win is that you yell the loudest and the longest. So guess what happens when I come from my household and I marry this beautiful, quiet, sensitive woman and we start having conflict? Guess what I do? What are you thinking? How could you say that? And I just over the top, right? Volcano. And she just being crushed. <laughs> And she does the worst thing imaginable. In my family, when you love somebody, you step up face to face, you're spitting on them when you talk, and you're talking and touching, and she, about face, goes into the room and closes the door. Now, for a passionate person, the worst thing in an argument is being ignored. So not knowing, what do I do? I storm into the room, throw open the door, confront her crying on the bed. Just talk to me. She gets up off the bed and goes into the bathroom and closes the door. And now in, like I said, I know in retrospect, I would marry her all over again. I'm not so sure she would. <laughs> And I've had to learn. She has to process. And she doesn't have the same emotional DNA that I have. She still feels things very different. But how she deals with things, how she deals with conflict, how she deals with good things and in between things, what overwhelms her, she's not me, and I can't expect her to be me. 
And God tends to put those opposites together, not for ultimate frustration, but so that you balance each other out and you learn. I've had to learn to mellow out. I had to learn to tone it down. Stop kicking in doors. Stop demanding. Stop the ultimatum. Stop the everything's about emotion. And there's still a lot of, I mean, I am a passionate person, but without it being channeled, it can be very dangerous. It can be very damaging. And so if I've ever said anything or done those things to you, I just apologize up front, and it's not an excuse, but if I've done that and you're a sensitive person, I'm sorry. But just remember that, you know, most of the time this is in fast forward and this is in pause, okay? <laughs> my brain's on pause, my mouth is on fast forward, and, and sometimes, only like 90%, I don't always think before I speak. But it's usually not intentional. And I've had to learn to listen to my wife. She would say very helpful things to me like, you're acting like your mother. <laughs> which, which is good now, but at the time, it only poured gasoline on the fire, right? But now I know what that means. So here's how we help. We're going to take this verse by verse for just a second here, and then we'll, we'll be done. Verse 1. David, again, these are psalms, but they're kind of just like a, a, a prayer that he's put music to. So look what he says. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. So when you're feeling discouraged, fearful, worthless, rejected, it's okay to pour out your feelings, your soul to God, and remember that he not only listens, but he cares. Think about that. God understands exactly how you're feeling. Even the people that you love the most may not understand, and they may not be the safest people to pour it out to, but you've got a God that you can pour your soul out to. Say, Lord, I don't understand. Why hasn't, why did this, when is it, how is, and you can pour it out to him, and he is a safe place to do that. And that's a, a great understanding of what we should do. Unfortunately, can I tell you, social media is not that place. A late night phone call to somebody is probably not that place all bottled up over a couple weeks, and then you're going to explode on somebody at lunch. That's probably not the right place. But we've got a God that you can call 24-7. You can get wherever you need to with Him, and you can say, Lord, I'm pouring out my soul, and it's not right, and you can let Him have it, and you can pour it all out, and guess what? And He's like, I got you. Thank you. Second verse. Oh, my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed and let not my enemies triumph over me. Put your trust in God, not in your feelings, not in your desire, not in that dream that you, you just know that it's going to happen, not in the world's view of things or your own abilities or your time frame. Sometimes your feelings are your enemies, whether you like it or not. Put your trust in Him. He knows how you're feeling. He's got a, a great outcome for your life that He wants for you, probably even more than you do. But the big question is, can you trust in Him? And if you're a person that's been hurt 
a lot. It's probably hard to do this. I understand. You've had people let you down. But can I tell you, God is no human. He's not frail and feeble. He doesn't bounce back and forth. He's, he's always faithful at all times. But you have to choose to put your trust in Him if you want help from somebody that can really help. Verse 3, Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed to deal treacherously without... You see what he's saying? There's people that are doing mean stuff to me. If you want to pour out some bad stuff, pour it out on them. Don't pour it out on me. That's really what he's saying. That's how he's feeling. But at the same time, let's, let's remember some good words here. Regardless of whether or not my desire or feelings become a reality, I won't be put to shame because God is my God. Think about that for a minute. You may not be going on the path you think you should be going on. You may not be feeling how you think you should be feeling, but it doesn't mean that God isn't for you. It doesn't mean that He doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that He doesn't have great plans waiting. He's not going to see His people shamed. Verses 4 and 5, and maybe this will stop you in the tracks. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truths and teach me. Why are you beating your head against the wall? <laughs> Why are you so upset about this? Why are you consumed with that anxiety and the frustration? Are you allowing God to direct your paths and teach you? Or are you just doing your way? Think about that for a minute. Have you ever stopped in the middle of something and said, Lord, I need to understand how you would do this? God, teach me how to have the right emotions. Teach me how to harness my, my mouth and my heart. Teach me how to rein in my words so that I don't hurt people. And I know that's been a huge weakness of mine, and I even read about it in the New Testament, and it's, and it's a scary place. I look at that now in the light of where I used to be, and at times, if I'm not careful, can be again. And he's speaking to a group of believers that said that their, their jaws are set with daggers like knives in their mouth. Their tongues are sharp, and they devour each other. And he's not talking about cannibalism. He's talking about biting and stabbing each other with our careless words. P sticking them in people's hearts. Sticking them in people's souls. And it's again and again. And yes, there's forgiveness, and yes, man. But that's the hard part. Once those words are out, you can't take them back. No matter how much you say it, I didn't mean it, I shouldn't have said it, it still went out, they still felt it, and it was a hurt. And sometimes we just got to own that we've carelessly and viciously hurt people with our words more than if we had just walked up and punched them. My family, there was a lot of physical discipline, but at this point in my life, I don't remember the stings from a belt, but I remember the stings from the words that were said. And I can either harbor that, or I can turn my heart over to God and choose not to respond. It's easy to respond, and that was normally my way. When somebody bites, I bite back. Somebody said something, you, bite, you go back. But 
when we do that, you start a battle that really won't have an end. They'll say something, you'll say something, you'll say something, they'll say something. At some point, somebody has to stop the badness before it goes too far. And about the way you know how it goes too far is when the locks are changed, when they move out, when they won't answer the call, when they want nothing to do with you, you know you've gone too far. And at that point, when your head's cool and your heart's right again, you probably wish, I wish I'd never said that. Or you even say, how do we get to this point? How do we get to the point in my marriage when I can't talk to my wife? I wish I could go back and undo what I was saying to my kids because I was so angry and now I've pushed them away and they don't want to have anything to do with me. And it's hard to make up all that time and to take away all those words. And so if you can change anything from what you've heard this morning, pour out your soul to God first before you unleash it on another human being, (laughs) before you put it in an email, before you share it on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or any of that stuff where you can't take it back. Somebody's read it. Somebody's posted it. Somebody's absorbed it. Pour it out to God. And you'll be healthier. Your relationships will be healthier. There's benefits from this. It's not about being unfeeling robots. It's about being feeling, compassionate, kind, loving people. And even just being that will show the world a different side that they will long to see. It's not a get yours and take it or hit harder so you don't get hit. It's about learning the ways of love. Ask him to direct you new. He's going to teach us new strategies. I needed new strategies. I needed new paths. And maybe you do too. You're stuck in that loop. You know when it gets to this point, man, it's like you don't even think anymore and you're just acting. You're just responding. You're just out of control, really. Maybe you need God to teach you a new path. And it doesn't come overnight, but you've got to start someplace, right? Right?